Welcome to Cinema Bushido. This episode, we are talking about the 1994 Jean-Claude Van Damme time travel actioner time cop, directed by Peter Hyams, who also teamed up with JCVD in Sudden Death and the um, more recent Enemies Closer. Uh, with me this episode is the magic man himself, Mr. Stephen Chow. How's it going, Stephen? It's going well. It's going well. Thank you for having me back. Of course. Um, in fact, uh, we decided to do this episode um, of one of our favorite JCVD movies after not only watching Jean-Claude Van Johnson multiple times uh, on Amazon Prime, but also uh, you did an interview with Kat Foster, who uh, co-stars with him in that show. And fu- mm. first off, let's just talk about Jean-Claude Van Johnson for a minute. So you loved it. Um, there are lots of references to Time Cop in it. Uh, yeah. Just give me your feels on, on Jean- Jean-Claude Van Johnson. I think it's just one of the most enjoyable shows on at the moment. It's only six episodes long. Uh, they're only half an hour each. Uh, so it's really, really bingeable. I think if you were ever a fan of, of Van Damme, this is a show that you absolutely need to see. Um, it's that, It's that feeling that you know, you knew him, you watched his movies back in the day, maybe you've lost track of them, and here he is. And um, it's a wonderful kind of career reboot because uh, he, one, it has incredible action in it. I mean, really great action. And you're well aware of the fact that he can still do all of those moves. You see him doing flying spin back kicks and mm. doing the splits, which I know for a fact that he really couldn't still do. He did them for real in the show. So you get that. You get a lot of great self-referential comedy. He makes fun of himself a lot. He's clearly a man who's developed an insight into himself and is happy to really make fun of himself. So he's it's very, very funny. So you've got action, you've got comedy. But it's also really heartfelt because I think he's a man who knows that he his career went down the tubes and has made some mistakes in his life. And it's very, very open hearted and actually quite moving. And it does all of that within six episodes. And I've seen it twice. I watched it all the way through without stopping both times. I think this is a a show that you really have to watch. I mean that sincerely. Yeah. You know, I agree. Um, I loved the Time Cop references in it. (laughs) It was almost like we get our own like sort of comedic uh, sequel to Time Cop in, in an odd way. Yes, yeah. And it has connections to the movie Looper and and even Double Impact as well. You can think about that. It's thrown in there. Really, really strange. It's got a really strange sense of humor. But if you like comedy, if you like action, if you like, you know, heartfelt um, uh, dramedy as well, it's all there. And Van Damme is wonderful in it. He Mm. really is great. He is. I, I was saying, I've said this enough times that you've heard me say it. He's the only action star that could have pulled off something like this. Uh, I think if we would have had the same kind of comedy come from Sylvester Stallone or Seagal mm. or or even Arnold, it just wouldn't have been as uh, endearing. There's something mm-hmm. we love all those Jean-Claude Van Damme-isms. <laughs> so it's just great yes. that he can bring them in. And uh, I don't think this is even a spoiler, but like episode one, uh, there's like a kind of an early scene where he's a little out of shape and stuff. And he goes to the splits and he can't get down far enough. So he gets like hit in the head. And it's really mm. just it's those little bits of like uh, um, light humor that you just uh, somebody who's grown up with Jean-Claude. I'm just like, fuck, yeah, it's awesome. And he's he's willing to make fun of himself and his movies and, and the ridiculousness of them, the ridiculousness of the fact that you do the splits, you know, in the middle of a, of a life or death uh, <laughs> fighting situation, you'll suddenly do the splits. You know, he, it's great that he's self-aware enough to make fun of that. And it, it really is funny. And another time cop that we're going to talk about here in a second is that stupid hair. Um, I read that the hair in this movie 
is uh <laughs> is based on some like comic book wolverine hair but yeah it's, mm. it's the shitty mullet and <laughs> it's just, beautiful yeah it's beautiful yeah it's terrible it's, it's the same hair he has in hard target isn't it he's <laughs> brought it with him from hard target <laughs> yeah yeah you got it <laughs> well on to time cop uh yeah yes. give me your what do you think is it is this something that you've seen over time or is this something that you came back to after uh you know watching it in the old days and yeah it's definitely one i came back to but i remember it very well i mean like you know like like you i'm of exactly the right age that um i you know i absolutely love van damme watched all of those early movies and then and then saw him go from being a a martial arts star to being a sort of mainstream action star and then unfortunately you know saw his career very quickly sort of flame out um in terms of big budget action movies um The thing I was thinking of is that everybody in the sort of 80s and 90s, all those big action stars, they needed a big sci-fi action movie. Um, So I think maybe the year before this, Stallone had Demolition Man Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and, uh, Schwarzenegger had loads. You know, he had Terminator, Terminator 2, The Running Man, Total Recall. So this is Jean-Claude Van Damme getting his big budget science fiction action movie. Um, and by and large, I think it's it's enjoyable. Um, uh, I think it's really the pinnacle moment for him as a mainstream action star. He had Hard Target, and as I say, and then there was this. It was his biggest commercial hit. Um, uh, you know, it's fun. It's 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 well done. I think it has the the slightly awkward thing that a lot of Van Damme's movies have within this period, which is that, as I say, he was a, a martial arts star. He's coming into being a mainstream action star but they still need to have him do martial arts. So it always feels slightly unnatural mm-hmm. that, you know, he if it was Stallone or Schwarzenegger, they'd just be beating people up. Um, but f- without having any kind of martial arts backstory, you've got Jean-Claude Van Damme sort of, you know, jumping up in the air and kicking people in the face and stuff. Oh, yeah, there's but, this really ridiculous scene right in the beginning, and this is exactly what you're saying. Um, they're at a mall, and some guy, I think he's on roller skates, he steals a woman's purse. Mm. And he's taken off, and Jean-Claude doesn't even kick him. He just gets in front of him and stops him and holds his leg up in the air in this, like, perfect sort of, like, my foot's in your face, and I yeah. could kick your ass if I wanted to. And, yeah. you know, it, there, there was, it's just gratuitous Jean-Claude Van Damme-isms. <laughs> They're just, mm. He did it for no other reason than, oh, look at how awesome he is. And, of course, it really pans out funny. Like, he gives the purse back to some woman, and then he just takes off. Like, there's no there's no punishment for any of it right like he's just like oh shoot okay Mm. here's back your purse and she's a little pissed and he just like he doesn't even get kicked out of the mall i don't think (laughs) no no he doesn't except that he does when his time cop self comes back in time he Mm -hmm. says this is what this is for what you're going to do (laughs) and then that sounded german but then he throws him into the you know into some shelves and knocks him over so i guess uh, he does eventually get his comeuppance yeah uh, at least in that timeline Okay, so one that thing that this movie does terribly is it yeah. messing with time travel. They didn't. Mm. They needed a different thing. Like, um, it reminded me a lot of times in terms of the special effects and the feeling and um, of um, Total Recall, which is a mm. couple of years. I think that's actually nineteen ninety. So this would be about, about three years later. But it's like, you know, it's Jean-Claude's turn to have some sort of sci-fi thing, and they had to yes. throw time travel in there. And it's just so so lazy in terms of time travel, like. It plays with the idea that we could go back before a certain time in somebody's life and kill them then, so as to not bring extra attention to ourselves in the future for killing him in his current position. But at that point, you go back to like when he's thirteen and you shoot him in the head. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. You don't go back until he's a fully trained martial artist and wait outside his house one night. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, you're right. Why why would you go and see him when he's like 28 at the peak of his physical prowess? (laughs) You know, when he's the strongest and fittest he could possibly be, that's when you go and attack him. Yeah, yeah. I would have found him at 15. He has pimples. (laughs) And I just... (laughs) He's feeling nervous on his first date. You know, you just creep up behind him, bullet in the back of the head. Yeah. At least it went out happy. Done. <laughs> Completely done. Oh, dear. Or just, you know, t- take his take his candy floss away and stab him in the eye or something. <laughs> oh, that would be so good. Yeah, he's like a, he's like eight years old and eating a lollipop. You just take the yeah. lollipop and you shove it into his eyeball, right into his brain. Yeah. I, I like the idea as well, <clears throat> excuse me, that... You know, that they need to police time travel. Now, you've got to imagine that time travel is going to be really expensive, scientifically very complex, and yet somehow everybody's time traveling and fucking with time. Right. How has that happened? You saw how, how hard it was. Yeah, how hard it was for the two people, for him and his, his temporary partner, to go back. Mm. You know, that was one of those scenes that was very total recall. They're both screaming and the camera's zooming in and out and it's stretching out of their faces like uh, when Arnold mm. was um, in the uh, cold, well, compressed space or i forget what it was somewhere on mars yeah they go their eyes their eyes, their eyes pop out. out yeah exactly so it was then, like that when you put your helmet back on the eyes go back in again and it's like nothing happened to you. so it was that hard to get there yet um yeah. yet we have like this okay this whole movie starts out with uh a guy missing a tooth uh has two futuristic machine guns and he takes down and like eight civil war soldiers to steal some gold <laughs> Yeah. So did he go through the same process of getting into the weird um, rocket car and having to Mm. zoom towards a wall, which I don't know how that works either. Yeah, Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, That's interesting, actually, because I was thinking to myself at the beginning, if he's coming from the future and he's stealing money, why hasn't he gone to the dentist? I mean, why is he missing that tooth? Um, Like like maybe he planted that way. Like they're not going to believe that I'm from this timeline unless somebody knocks out my front tooth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a really complex uh, disguise. <laughs> right. He's got, this has uh, got to look real. Like, like he, he'd spent like months perfecting his, his hillbilly accent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's probably been at home going, right, darlings, I need to get this accent just right or else this, this caper will not go down. <laughs> yes. I, I really want them to believe me before I kill them all with my, my machine guns from the future. Now, darling, you need to punch me in the face and knock my tooth right out, okay? <laughs> Well, what I was thinking as well, maybe the, the uh, future train that they have to get on, maybe it knocked out his tooth. Maybe yeah. that's the only explanation I think of. Oh, that would be awesome. That's the deleted mm. scene. He gets in the, the rocket car and he didn't strap himself in properly and he didn't chew the black bubble gum and he just smacked his face right on the console when he got to the future. Yeah. So about the rocket car, right? Now, this I was going to mention this later, but since you brought it up, we need to mention it now. They're on this rocket car, rocket train, whatever the hell it is, and it's propelling them at at incredible speeds into the future they're screaming and it's dangerous and if it all goes wrong you end up as a red mark on this wall right right but then when they appear in the future they just stroll casually right. <laughs> out of the bubble i mean yeah. how, how does that work right like did you scream in hyperspace for a while and then calm down yeah. and then bloop, yeah fell to the water okay so this movie was based on a dark horse comic book so i think mm. that could give it a lot of you know it's a comic book you don't have to you don't have to be so literal with your time travel. But um, I loved mm. the machine guns. Um, I loved the sounds they made. I mean, really fun special effects. And, of course, JCVD, he's he's awesome in this. It's all he set is. up in your standard 80s stuff. 
Um, we start out with that Civil War plan, and then we're sitting in a boardroom with the generals and stuff. And and there's innuendo, and they, they explain the whole plot to you. And okay, cool, we're on to go. Um, suddenly, like you said, everybody's time traveling. We had like eight people in a different timeline at a time. So they, I mean, we just didn't see it, but they have a warehouse full of these rocket cars. Yeah, that that really bothered me as well. Like, th- there is a bit. Um, it, it's a cool scene actually, but where Ron Silver, who's the main baddie, who I think is great by the way, he's a great baddie, but he his henchmen all appear, and then he appears slightly after them, right mm. in the middle. And I was thinking, do they have like a minibus version of this thing where they can all <laughs> fit in together, or is there more than one of them? But somehow they've calibrated it so perfectly that the henchmen appear. And then he appears right in front of them a second later. I mean, that 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 would be, uh, you know, they're working really hard to create an effect on their adversaries if that's really what they did. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, well, let's jump to. I want to hear what your favorite scene. Is. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one. I mean, there are a lot of cool moments. Um, my my favorite scene, among other favorite scenes, would be it's pretty near the beginning, and we go back into the nineteen twenties. And there is a character who is the partner of Van Damme's character, Walker. Atwood. Um, Atwood, yeah. And he has obviously traveled back in time and he's working um, the stock market. It looks like he's on Wall Street during the Great Depression. And everyone else is kind of throwing themselves out of windows and killing themselves because they're losing their money, which is something that obviously really happened. But he's playing the market because he knows things about the future to make money um for other ron silver character who wants to be the president and all that money is going to go to his presidential election so what happens is is he's at his desk he's listening to some rock music because he's brought his walkman with him which made me realize that in the future really shit rock music still exists uh so he's listening to some really bad rock music walker van damme's character strolls through the sort of time bubble which as i was saying is ridiculous because he's been propelled at sort of a thousand miles an hour from this rocket train but then he just strolls casually into this guy's office um and says to him you know i need to take you back um you know we we can't allow this and uh, the guy uh, atwood he presses the, the button and the security guys come in and and the security guard there's two of them but one of them starts doing that kind of old timey <laughs> boxing pose and he says you know i saw i can't even remember what the quote is but it's some you know boxer from the 20s he says i you know i fought him and i went 10 rounds with him and then van damme just sort of kicks him in the stomach and smashes him on the back of the head and knocks him to the ground and says uh, i saw tyson fight spinks on television and uh, and then there's a really cool moment where the other guy uh tries to fight him and i think he picks a lamp up and swings it at him mm-hmm. and van damme he uses his gift yeah. uh, he does the sideways splits um which obviously is a really important move that we all need to know in a life or death situation goes right to the floor and the lamp goes over his head and smashes and then van damme comes up kicks the lamp in half because it's a long wooden lamp and then beats the guy up with both halves of the lamp which is really really cool um and then his partner says something like uh, you know once all the henchmen have been knocked down his partner says look i can't i can't come in and um it, give evidence against the ron silver character because he'll kill he'll kill my parents my grandparents he'll even kill my cat and then he tries to throw himself out of the window and van damme jumps out after him and catches him and then presses this sort of tracker button he's got on his chest which puts him back in the train 
and uh, and then and then the guy goes to this tribunal but refuses to give any evidence and so i thought this was really cool puts him back exactly where he was and then he drops to his death in the 1930s so i thought that scene really kind of sold the concept i liked the idea that we were back in the 30s the production design was really nice you got to see van damme doing some actually pretty cool martial arts you got to see him you know showing off his gift the splits um and yeah it kind of sold me on the movie i thought it was a really really fun sequence and, and good action yeah i uh, agree that was actually my favorite scene as well um okay and i was going to sum it up that i just love the idea that he gets him he warps himself out while they're falling to their death and then of course uh, the judge uh when she hands him the instant death judge marshall um atwood just gets put right back in the same spot and then falls yeah. onto this mm. um, old-timey police car and yeah i'd be I tell you one thing I wanted to say actually is as well. I like the idea that the difference between Van Damme in the past or in the nineties and in the future is just he's got slightly bigger hair and stubble. Yeah, I love I love that. And and there's a scene where he meets uh, the character Mia Sarah's character who who is his wife. Uh, she actually gets killed, but um, he goes back into the past and and meets her. And because he's got big hair and stubble, she's like, who are you? Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. Who Who, are you? Who are you? It's like, no, it's really me. Do you trust me? (laughs) Yeah, he's just got slightly bigger hair and some stubble. Otherwise, he looks exactly the same. Nice. All right. Well, I'll give you my favorite scene. Um, You already stole it, but I have another one. And it's it's my favorite scene just because the the sheer ridiculousness of it it just made made me Mm. laugh. Um, So this... You guys, this this is all spoiled. If you guys haven't seen this movie, that you're listening to this podcast, uh, yeah, we're spoiled. Sorry. We get to the end. Uh, he fixes everything. He somehow goes and he kills all the bad guys. And uh, it, there's this really ridiculous scene with house explosions and stuff like that. Um, let's just say it all happened. So this house was entirely destroyed by with some sort of super bomb. Bam to the Back to the Future. It's actually all fine. Um, the house mm-hmm. is good. He now has a ten year old child. He has never met <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because she was pregnant when she was killed. And now he's yeah. zoomed back from pre her having the baby to 10 years later and the, the future has been fixed. So he runs up and he gives this hug to this 10 year old boy. He's never even seen before. Doesn't even know the kid's name or what he's been doing for the last 10 years. And the boy says something just like, like, do you, do you, you know, come and play with me or something you know, or whatever. And he's like, I've got all the time and we need or something stupid like that. But I'm just like, how fucked up is that? You're going to realize that your dad has no idea who you are. He doesn't know what kind of food you like. (laughs) He's a complete stranger to you from, Mm. and just yesterday he was like loving father. Now it's, now there's just, so there's something about that concept. Um, I thought it was just really funny at the end. Uh, I actually, I just, uh, I laughed. That's yeah. That's very that's very funny actually. I had I hadn't thought about that either, but it's the idea that his memories don't realign. So he goes back into the past and, they, and then things change, and then he ends up back in his own time. And everyone else's reality is different, but his memory sort of hasn't altered to the current reality. And yeah, that would be re- really strange. They should have made that as they did eventually make a sequel to this movie. But if they'd made a sequel immediately after with Van Damme, it would have been really really funny to have that as a sort of running joke where. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what kind of cereal do you like? You know, I like, you know, cornflakes. Oh, sorry. You know, that... <laughs> Dad. Yeah, that would be really weird. He hasn't seen his wife in 10 years. Like, he doesn't know yeah. 
what she likes anymore. I was thinking about that too. Maybe she's got really overweight or something. Or what if she just hates him now? Like 10 years yeah. of complacency and he's just been yeah. this weird dude and it's like, yeah, she's having sex with the mailman. So he thought yeah. he fixed it, but he, what he really did is he put himself into this weird domestication. And even that house, which got completely blown up, every window out, the roof exploded. It's the same house now. And it's even got like the vintage wood on the porch and stuff. Like the million dollars it would have taken to not just go buy a new house, but to rebuild the same one to look exactly like it did before it blew up 10 years ago. That's something all by ah, but it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have blown up though, would it? Yeah, it did. It still blew up. No, it wouldn't have. Yeah, though, he because... set them both next to each other um, outside and then he took off. But the house was but, already well, blown up. But uh, but if he'd kill... Okay, so the young and the old version of Ron Silver's character were just blown up. They just so, disappeared, so, yeah. They, they would have destroyed. So what would have happened is you would have had no old Ron Silver to come back in time to blow the house up. But then you, you kill would, young but, Ron Silver, then there's no old Ron Silver to come back. You know what the they needed up. to do then? They None of it happened. They couldn't have had the Jean-Claude coming back to the future scene. The whole thing would need to be wiped. <laughs> and the regular Jean-Claude would just remember that weird night. Basically, we watched a movie that didn't happen. Right. Yeah, None if, of it happened. If you're, if you're trying to take any of the time travel seriously, there is a point where you're just like, well, wait. If he's leaving them laying on the ground next to each other and he goes back to the future and he's – that means that all of that would have happened. Matthew, would, you're, giving me a, you're giving me a headache here. And there would be two <laughs> Jean-Claude. Oh, yeah. Shit. Mm. The timelines. I, but that's why you too, don't it's... think about that. You just. But also, he, he doesn't know what happened. So you, you're saying he doesn't know anything about his kid. He doesn't even know what he's been doing for the last 10 right. years. Right. Yeah, exactly. What's he been up to? Yeah, he's going to find out he's still addicted to coke. <laughs> <laughs> he's still having an affair. No, we can't. He's still having an affair with Kylie Minogue. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> There's a scene where he's attacked at home. And I, I, I love that scene where he there's a guy who tries to tase him while he's lying on his sofa. Um, yeah, he, he a guy tries to tase him while he's lying on the sofa. And the taser makes such a loud noise as it's charging up that he jumps off the sofa and gets out of the way. And then he has this knife fight with this this guy. And it's a pretty cool knife fight. And uh, that knife is sweet. This, it's sweet. Yeah. And uh, there's this really great bit where he's he's getting beaten by this guy and then he sees a towel on top of his sofa and he's just got this expression of ah i've got you now just <laughs> totally. because he sees the, he sees the towel and then he wraps the towel around the guy's arm and you know kicks him in the face as, as jean-claude van damme does and and they're fighting and then the guy wants to tase him again and it makes that really loud tase noise as it's charging so he spins his his china his uh, asian opponent round and he gets tased instead and you know drops to the floor dead and then uh, during the fight, a water cooler has been knocked over and there's water spreading across the ground. And the guy, it's like he hasn't gotten the message yet that his taser is just rubbish and that it's dangerous for him to use it. So he tries to use it again. And then Van Damme, who is in his underwear all the way through this scene because it's Van Damme and you need to see him. You know, you need to see his body. That's what Van Damme's all about. He then does the splits across the kitchen surface and the guy electrocutes himself. I thought that was just... Um, it was the best kind use of, of the splits again. Because like he yeah. didn't just jump up on the counter, he needed to do the splits across the counter. Yeah, yeah. His 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 splits have saved himself and the world numerous times. Yeah, I bet you he does it all the time. Like he, he accidentally knocks a wine glass down, splits, grabs it before it hits the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's making green beans and one flies out of the pan, splits. He grabs it before it hits the floor. <laughs> Whew, everyday use. 
Yeah, I'd love that. Or, you know, if there's a puddle, he does, and he's with his, I don't know, his wife, he does the splits and then she just walks <laughs> over him. Yeah, like he, he once saw like a baby that was in trouble at a park and he just instinctively did the splits, even though it didn't do <laughs> shit for the baby. The baby still just kind of fell off the swing. He's like, oh, shit. Like he says, sometimes he just doesn't remember that the splits can't solve everything. I think sometimes when he's having a bad dream and then he wakes up, he finds himself doing the splits on the floor. He splits straight across the bed, his girlfriend on the floor. Like, fuck again, Jean-Claude. And I'll tell you, it's interesting, actually, speaking to Cat Foster, the co-star of uh, Jean-Claude Van Johnson, she said he can still do it. He he does the splits several times over the course of that show, makes fun of himself doing the splits. And he does what we all want him to do when he does the splits, which is he does the splits and then punches people in the balls. Yeah, yeah, it's Um, wonderful. Yeah, for comic effect, it's perfect. But it's lovely to know that Jean-Claude Van Damme that's in his late 50s can still do that. Did you know, I don't know. he used to do that for the paparazzi? Right. Yeah, he just like, they'd all be like, oh, it's time for a picture. He splits. Ready. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember him seeing him interviewed <clears throat> when he was at the height of his fame and they asked him to do a kick. And I think they wanted him to do the, you know, the spin back kick or whatever you call it. But he, he said, you know, Oh, I don't, I don't want to split my pants. Oh no, he said, I don't want to crack my pants. Mm-hmm. But then he, uh, he did, he did kind of uh, do the sort of, uh, you know, the high kick, mm-hmm. which is very impressive in itself. I love then in Jean Claude Van Johnson that they're making fun, like, because he there's a real statue of him in in Brussels, and mm. it's just a picture of him standing there with his his dukes up, put up your dukes. Um, but the the joke in Jean Claude Van Johnson is that there's a old statue that he's taking care of himself, and it's him doing the splits. <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw some, wasn't it? and yeah, then uh, and then they, those those tourists want him to take a picture, and he thinks that they want it with uh, he want they he thinks that they want it with him, and uh, they don't, and so then he tries to take a picture of of them with the with the statue as the backdrop, and they don't want that either. They right. want the sort of the Institute of Agriculture, or something weird like that. But it's the willingness to make fun of himself that's really endearing. Yep, agreed. Really okay, charming. it is now time. You're gonna. You have six questions, and you have to okay. get at least four correct to win the top six challenge. Uh, I make okay. these very um, easy, hard. So, without oh. over explaining, the first one. Okay. you should know if you've actually binged uh, Jean Claude Van Johnson so many times. Okay. What okay. is Jean Claude Van Damme's birth name? Oh, that's easy. Jean Claude Van Varenberg. And can you give me the full name? I thought that was the full name. Um, you still get it right because that's what you see in a lot of places on the uh, interwebs. But his whole name is Jean-Claude Camille Francois Van Varenberg. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a badass name. Mm. He sounds like a, a count of some sort. Van Varenberg. Yes. It sounds awesome. He should be wearing a monocle. Totally. Yeah. And he should have a French estate with mm. wine, its own vineyard. Yeah. Okay. But then if you if you drink his expensive wine and you say, oh, this is shit, he'll kick you in the face. You know how he does the, he crushes the grapes, he does the splits on them. He uses his butt <laughs> cheeks and his, his scrotum and his balls to smash the grapes. <laughs> he uses his grapes. Right, grapes. he uses his grapes. He actually had like an implant. He put these metal balls in his nutsack so he could just crush <laughs> down on those grapes. It's some of the most delicious wine in all of uh, Belgium. I'd like to think that he has someone throw the grapes in the air and then he jumps <laughs> and spins backwards and uh, kicks them against the wall. I like it. One by one, all day, every day. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme played an extra in a Chuck Norris film. What film was it? No Retreat, No Surrender. That's not a Chuck Norris film. Ah. Uh, uh, um, 
I'll tell you, this is before he ever got to Bloodsport or anything. So this is early Jean-Claude and a late-ish, mid-ish Chuck Norris. That's the only hit you get. The Octagon? No, it is missing an action. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, all right. I didn't know that one. He played some soldier. I did see a really... There's a really cool YouTube video of them training together. Yeah. When Van Damme was in his 40s... Uh, not Van Damme, sorry. When Norris was in his 40s. And he he's really looks incredibly powerful he's doing all these kicks and things and van damme's holding the pads it's really impressive yeah you know um jean-claude uh one of the first things he learned at age 11 was karate so it makes sense mm. that uh they would bond in that way and uh, he also learned a bunch of other stuff uh muay thai and um i think like not hapkido but maybe maybe taekwondo before he ever got around to just pure kickboxing See, Van Damme is the real thing, isn't he? I mean, you know, you can you can be excited about Stallone and Schwarzenegger for their muscles and their physical prowess, but Van Damme really has those skills. He's the real thing. He was a champion, um, and also I love the fact that he was a he was trained in ballet, so he has that sort of incredible flexibility. You know, if you you watch a film like a Kickboxer and you see him kind of jumping in the air and doing his kicks, you know, back you know flying backwards through the air, it's over and over again it's really oh. impressive or my favorite blood sport i mean it is yeah. it's so thrilling to watch him do martial arts in blood sport he's so so fast and he's just so perfect in his form i just love it don't don't you wish that he had continued just to be i don't i don't mean just that's the wrong word but rather than become this kind of mainstream action star in these big budget movies it would have been great if we could have had kickboxer and Bloodsport forever, you know, if yeah. he carried on doing that kind of thing. Yeah, it was the 80s. It just wasn't allowed to happen. So when you look yeah. at like kickboxer and you get that scene of him doing that weird, weird dance in that mm. bar, you just yeah, know that's strange. it was never going to happen. Mm. But I love the fact that he's real. You know, the skills are real. He can do all of that stuff. I think that's just so awesome, and it really kind of legitimizes him. He, he's the real thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, uh, I read a, at the height of his tournament career, he had 19, 19 wins, one loss, and 18 of those were knockouts. Um, and yeah. the, the one loss was uh, he kicked someone while, he was, while they were down, and he was disqualified. So it wasn't oh, okay. even really a loss. Yeah, he's pretty mm. badass. Um, okay, Maybe, so yeah. those are your only two Jean-Claude Van Damme questions. So you've got one okay. correct, yep. one wrong. Uh, we're going off okay. to time travel movies. I'm mm. going to give you a plot, and you have to tell me the name of the movie. Okay. A man chases a serial killer into the future. And mm. I made this obscure for you because it's actually pretty easy if you know much more about it. A man chases a serial killer. Yeah. Into the future. I'll give you only one hint that the okay. man who is chasing the serial killer is none other than uh, Malcolm McDowell. Mm. I imagine there's probably listeners who are going to be screaming right now. Um, <laughs> totally. I don't know the answer. That's all right. It was called Time After Time, and it was Malcolm McDowell chasing uh, Jack the Ripper into the 80s future wow it was a really neat movie mm. i did i'd never seen it oh it's just terrific it's well worth your time okay so uh your second time travel oh, movie. i need to pull this shit together yes this is it uh, you're, this one's uh, should be pretty easy um a couple mm. start a pen pal romance and find out that they're living in different times what yeah, so, so the, the key here is that they're, uh, I say pen pal, so they're sending letters to each other, to this house they're living in, and they each lived in the house at different times, so they just kind of go outside and they put the letter in the mailbox and it, it warps itself to the future or to the past, 
Well, that that is a ridiculous plot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, it was a romance movie with this time travel element to it. And uh, if you don't know right away, you don't know it. Um, it was there was two movies that I would have accepted. One of them was a Korean movie called Il Mar, which meant uh, the sea in mm-hmm. Italian. And okay. there was a modern remake of it that, and this will be your only final hint. It had okay. Kino Reno in it, uh, and um, his co-star from Speed, Sandra Bullock. Oh, um, now the truth is, I haven't seen many of her movies, and certainly not in the period that you're talking about. And I actually think I, I, can, I know why I can, you didn't va- see it I can vaguely remember the movie that we've you're talked about. about. This. Was it? You're like, oh, she's just Bullocks. Bullocks. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I like Sandy Bullock. It'd be I like it'd be like there's a British actor that's getting movies released in the U.S. and his name is like Jim Bullshit. You're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't really want to see any bullshit movies. I don't want to see any. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear. I, I've yeah. I I I think I I can vaguely remember this being advertised, but I can't remember what it's called. It was called The Lake House. Right. Yeah. Okay. I've lost already, haven't I? Um, yeah, you you could still tie in the okay. middle. And then, I, yeah, I if you have to. Pride. And you're oh, not God. going to because now they get hard. <laughs> these, mm. are, these are time travel TV shows. I would have answered any of those ones I just put up there. Okay. Uh, or hit me with it. Hit me with it. Okay. Oh. So this is a, um, a 1982 television show. A member uh-huh. of a League of Time Travelers and a little boy travel through time repairing errors in world history. I just love mm. this. Um, it only ran for a season. And it was really funny. At the end of each episode, um, the main guy, he would come on and he'd say, if you want to hear more about Marco Polo, go to your library and <laughs> give me the whole spiel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no idea what that is. Okay, it was called Voyagers. Uh, and it was terrific. It had this up-and-coming actor named John Eric Hexham as Phineas Bogg. And the only reason it only went for one season is he died of an accidental gunshot wound to the head while he was filming. But he was kind of like slated to be the next badass star. You know, he's this big Neanderthal-looking dude. Yeah, anyway. Okay. We're sorry you're gone, John Eric Hexham. Yeah. Final question. uh, And this one I'm throwing out there because I love this show. It's a modern-ish time travel show. A detective from the year 2077 finds herself trapped in present-day Vancouver, uh, Canada, and she's searching for ruthless criminals from the future. I I don't know. It's, I was I was hoping that there'd be a quantum leap question uh, in here. I know that'd be too easy. Um, so the show is called Continuum, and it starred Rachel Nichols, who uh, she had been in G.I. Joe, and she had been in like Conan, the modern version of it. And I thought mm-hmm. it was a really, really fun show. Yeah, I think you can get it right now on Netflix. But um, where that ties together is a lot of the um, actors that played on Continuum are in the new series called um, Travelers, which just had its season two get released on Netflix. And that is just a really, really fun time travel show to watch as well. Okay, cool. So, oh well, I I lost embarrassingly. Yeah, again, again. Yeah, yeah, man, you're really. It's you used to be to like the, you know, I could hear Leon here right now going, "Help me out, help me out, Stephen." Yeah, you can't even help yourself. Can't even help. <laughs> pathetic. I'm embarrassed. Um, I'm ashamed of myself. I'd like to. I'd like to my future self to come back and tell me the answers. Yeah, so I would have loved it um, if you would have gotten any of them right. <laughs> I got one. Excuse me, I got one of them right. <laughs> 
I'm surprised you haven't seen Time After Time. It's like... No, I haven't. It's like an English time travel, you know? And Malcolm McDowell, sheesh, when he was young, I'll never forget. He was like, that was the height of his power. He was in that uh, Blue Thunder, uh, of course, uh, Clockwork Orange, you know. Mm. He was... If... If... It was before he'd gone full B. (laughs) And I loved full B as well. Like, the same place that Rutger's gone and... You name it, mm. but there's a there's a beauty in the in the dark beast. Hey, did you ever see the Hitcher? Yeah, I have seen it long ago. But okay. yes, I have seen. Yeah, it. I just thought that was a great Rutger um, early, you know, almost A list performance before he jumped over the wall, started doing yeah weird shit. Mm. Do you know? I wanted to say something more about Time Cop, if you if you don't mind. Yeah, I could just cut it out. Go ahead. <laughs> I, We're I, at the end of the show. I mean, if you're going to throw more in there, go right ahead. I, I just want I just want to say how how great Ron Silver was in this movie. Okay, I meant to bring that up because you said that earlier. I hate him with a passion. I Why do his, you hate Ron Silver? He's great. Because I because I think he's a good actor. He did, he's playing such a freaking douchebag, and he's got evil eyes. I actually sat yes. back from myself while watching this, and I thought Ron Silver is an actor. He went, um, you know, he probably went to like a drama club, like uh, all of them do. And he, like a, he went to a drama club. You know, he, he had to he had to play all these characters before he got yeah. discovered, right? So, yeah. how do you ever get discovered when you look like the biggest dickhead ever? But I, I like I like the fact that he. So he's got this brilliant thing which he does, where he talks. He's got a, like a very soft, rounded, and this is going to sound slightly perverse, moist voice. Mm-hmm. The way he sounds, a very soft voice nice. and yet he can use that and not do anything like he doesn't do anything grandiose he doesn't do anything that's hammy but he's really sinister but he has this great line where he says something like um you know me i'm you know I, i've gone back in time to make all this money and i'm intelligent and i'm harvard educated and you you're doing all these high kicks and you're so stupid that you don't know the only way to make money out of that is to perform on broadway <laughs> right it's just the way he says that line so quietly and with such confidence, I thought was just a, a joy. I, yeah. I, I love Ron Silver, and I think he's much missed. Um, I, I really liked uh, Bruce McGill um, in this. He played uh, yeah. Matsuaka. Yeah, and he's always, like, he is forever going to be the police lieutenant at this point. <laughs> I think he's played yes, the police yeah. lieutenant in, like, yeah. I didn't realize that Ron Silver had passed away. Um, yes, a while ago now. age 62. I'm sorry you're gone, Ron Silver. Yeah, he was great in the West Wing as well. I remember him as their um, sort of uh, their kind of PR man or whatever. He was he was just great. Yeah, gone too soon. Gone too soon. We miss you, Ron. If you're up, we there, do. Just throw some silver onto us. Yeah, I hope he still has that beard in heaven as well because he really rocked that beard. Yeah, I agree completely. Mm. All right, well that's it for us. Uh, you should know at this point. Um, if I think this is episode forty-one. And you've heard it 40 times. If you like what you have, what you hear in here, go to ScreenMayhem.com because that's where all of our other stuff is. The Clones cast, let's get stuck into. Right now we are doing um, Let's Get Stuck Into on Studio Ghibli. Yeah. It's been fantastic so far. Um, and Screen Mayhem Extra is our show where we talk about all of the extra stuff we want to talk about. Well worth your time. Paul Salt, uh, a.k.a. Old Salty Dog, is writing up uh, some hell of a reviews. In fact, he does so much movie watching and writes so many reviews. I just read all of his stuff so I know what to watch. You know, I, you know I, I, I'm, I do the editing on the site, and I read his reviews, and it gives me advice as well. Right, so it's, yeah. a, 
a pleasure to have him on board. Yeah, like some stuff I'm just like, uh, oh, I can't wait to see that. And then I'll see he's already written a review on it. I'm like, God damn it, salty dog. Yeah. Give us some room to breathe. I don't have. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I'm the know. binge king. You're the binge king. He's the he's the salty gods. He's the salty god spreading his salty goodness. Oh, his salty god spreading his salty goodness. We love you, Paul. Uh, we love you, Ashley. Uh, uh, Jeremy, you know, all the people mm. who, who are contributing to us. Uh, we love you. And Jeremy we- Carr is, is wonderful. He, he is um, he's classing us up. He does a lot of uh, obscure movies from the past that perhaps should be classic movies that you really need to watch. He's, he, there's a section on the site called Another Look where he, he goes back and looks at these movies that are really great that maybe just slightly slip through the net. And uh, so his column, and you should definitely check that out and and, and uh, take his advice. Yeah, I do. He brings me a, a fair level of shame for all the things I should have watched that he's talking me about. Too. I haven't yet. So. Me too. Yeah, badass yeah. mother. Badass mother. Um, thanks. Until next time.